The Man in Line with Andy Wint. Good afternoon. Welcome to Man in Line on Manx Radio. We're calling it a Thriller Minute Thursday today. Gorgeous day. It's still half term, of course. I know. Just one more day to go tomorrow. Then they're back on Monday. I know you've already planned three weeks on Sunday, haven't you? Three weeks on Sunday is the, let me see, fourth Sunday in Lent, and the fourth Sunday in Lent is always Mothering Sunday. So that means three weeks on Sunday, Mothering Sunday, Mother's Day it's going to be. Uh, so the police need some information about what was happening around Melbourne Street in Douglas yesterday. Uh, Melbourne, of course, is the street between um, uh, Derby Road and Bathurst Street. Uh, so they need witnesses to an altercation in the vicinity of a white van parked in Melbourne Street uh, yesterday between 1.30 and 1.50. If you're around, if you've got any dash cam footage or anything, then um, a 48-year-old male sustained injuries requiring hospital treatment. Now, the police reckon there were members of the public, perhaps you were present at the time, so they need witnesses on 631212, 631212. Or if you want to go anonymous, Crime Stoppers is on 0800 555 one for yesterday in Melbourne Street in Douglas, one thirty to one fifty. Uh, I was mentioning about the lack of football referees and why there aren't as many football referees and what the trouble they have recruiting referees. Uh, if you're involved in football, I'd be interested to hear what your take is on this and and why they're having problems. The Alamf uh, the Alaman FA says there's been a worrying worrying increase in abuse being aimed at referees and match of now, Paul Hodgkinson is the referee development officer for the Isle of Man. And, uh, well, here's what Paul had to say. We touched about, obviously, coming back from the pandemic. I think the frustration, we were on Ireland, we were very, very fortunate. But I think some of the f- survey questions from across, I think they were locked down for maybe six months. Um, on Ireland, maybe two months maximum, I think it was, from memory. But, again, I think the football and the abuse sometimes mirrors society in general. And I think as a society, and I think on Ireland we're a bit more fortunate with that we're a close-knit community so it's not as bad but even so I think we've still got that increase I think we as referees we can sometimes help ourselves with the communication side of things be it talking with clubs etc players however having said that any abuse towards match officials is um, totally unacceptable and I'd urge my colleagues to to report anything like that to to the FA as I said before there is that support network out there if you do report things it will be followed up and it will be acted upon. I think we've got the Sinbin, which 
um, as a group of match officials, I think we can use more. I think some of the results from the survey is that since we've come back from COVID, uh, abuse has increased, but the use of the sim bin has decreased. Possibly using that more. I touched on the communication side of things. If we can talk and try and explain what we're thinking and what we're doing on the pitch, maybe that'll ease some of the um, abuse and the dissent back towards us. So I, I think it is a two-way street and we can certainly help with that, but it also needs the buy-in from the players, the participants and uh, the coaches. If you're involved in football, I'd love to hear what you have to say about this. Uh, there is a fundamental principle under this. No referee, no game. No linesman, touch officials, whatever you want to call them. Um, the, the game is diminished by this. Uh, so uh, I know a couple of referees, they tell me they get a, a, abuse all the time. Now, whether it's copycat abuse, whether people just watch too much television and think that's what you can do to crowd around a referee. Uh, nobody's making much money out of this, let's face it. Nobody's in it for the money. Referees do it because they want to do it, because they want to give back to the game. So if you want to get in touch, by all means do. I'm just interested because it's just an underlying principle. If you don't have referees, there won't be a game. So if you mistreat referees, uh, we all know referees make mistakes. They are human. And uh, to my knowledge, there's no VAR uh, on Manx football. Uh, and it is a game. It is a game. Of course, it's serious for the 90-plus minutes that it takes place. Uh, but uh, no referee, no game. Anyway, thoughts about that? by all means uh, do get in touch uh, uh, just regarding I was talking yesterday about the 15 minute zones uh, and, and where that's going to go uh, there's a, lots of people met, were talking yesterday about uh, the 15 minute zone the 15 minute city that will be uh, in and around uh, Domain Road in Douglas when the new development gets underway uh, and thoughts for it as well. You just wonder if people aren't going to get parking spaces. What happens if somebody actually wants to buy a car? Where are they going to park? Um, and uh, the Alaman is going to create 5,000 new jobs for new residents. But there's no mention of replacing and changing existing jobs impacted by going green. It was a comment just post-budget by G on 313. Uh, and Roger said you were talking yesterday about those Tilling Stevens single deckers in that Douglas had hybrid vehicles. I'm not joking. Over, well, about 100 years ago, 98 years ago, 1925, Douglas Corporation had Tilling Stevens um, hybrid cars, the petrol vehicles with a dynamo. Single-decker buses. Uh, one of the last Tilling Stevens double-decker buses could be seen near the bottom of Fisher's Hill until the 70s. It was being used as a chicken coop, says Roger. Oh, somebody has to have a photo of that. Uh, it's going to cost the taxpayer £75,000 to de-rust the horse tramway for the upcoming visitors. So why don't they run the tramway occasionally? Is that a, Where'd you get the figure from? Uh, 557, is that true? Uh, and would an electric bus overheat trying to get up a hill, Victoria says? Well, we'll find out when we know what our on-test e-Citaro single-decker is doing. It's very swish. And if you've seen it lately, if you could 
we'll get a, a photo. Better still, some video of it trundling around. That'd be great. Heritage Railways have had their budget cut by half. Uh, so why is this, says Bill? Actually, Bill, thank you for that. I was at coincidentally reading the report this morning into Heritage Railways and some interesting uh, insights and little things that have been slipped in, which I'll, I'll bring up later on. Electric bus costs 450000 more than 40% more than the diesel, says Eric. Well, I'll be honest with you, the ones I've looked at, and they are the Mercedes ones, um, Basel in Switzerland, the border city of Basel, has ordered 124, and that's 126 million euros for 124 buses. So it looks like there are a million, bit more than a million euros a bus. That's about a million pounds a bus. A million pounds for a bus. Have a think about that. David's with us now. Hi, David. Hi, mate. I just wanted to talk about the budget again. Just quickly slipping in where uh, the Treasury are giving money to the Board of Education, if I call it that, whatever it's called now, Sport and Culture, is to replace mobile classrooms. And I just wonder where that's been short-sightedness, because when I was in planning, that was some time ago now, I suppose, there was a move to uh, you couldn't they wouldn't give you grant your permission for a mobile classroom anymore because it's uh, usually um, not part of the big structure and they were trying to encourage all the development at a school site to be actually part of the building not an annex to it or you walk in, uh, along corridor down a field to go into a, a hut I mean virtually that's what it is it's a hut and I'm just wondering why um, Treasury are allowing this and why, why is no feedback from the education itself when their policy was uh, not to have any more mobiles and one of them is coming up is, is, to, is to do with Williston. There's plenty of room there for it to, uh, an extension to be put on and be part of the building. Do you think it's just because we've had mobiles for so long now that pe- I mean somebody somewhere is accepting this David? Well yes and the, well, it it is down a a to the planners to start with, because uh, I wonder what the the current view is with the the planning committee itself, because they're supposed to be independent. And when uh, I was there, and it was carried on after me, that uh, mobile classrooms were frowned upon, because they do um, they are um, sometimes in the middle of a school field or, at, like I say, annexed to it, and it is not part of the proper building where the kids are going to be or the children are going to be uh, looked after properly. Well, and they were always the- known, David, as temporary classrooms. That was th- they were called temporary classrooms. And, and, and I know, and I just wondered why we're doing that. When we, and if it's, it's not for the construction industry anyway to get a lot of money out of it, because all they do is set up pads and then lower the things down on and collect the electric, and that's about it. I, I would think on most of them, they don't even have toilets supplied. So toilets, uh, to, for the children to use toilets, they'll have to go back into the main building instead of doing it. Now, I just want to flip, if you don't mind me, just quickly flip it up too. I just wanted to quickly talk about the referees thing. I don't want to talk too much. I, I think locally, we, we do respect our referees, and I know a lot of the, the referees, when they're... The game's finished, they shake hands, and I know the captains themselves usually talk to the referees as if any disputes with each other. Uh, 
and I, I don't think we're having some youngsters coming forward to be referees and not because um, uh, they don't want to do it I don't think they see any future in it do you know what I mean when you're young and you're, I'm talking about 18s, 19s and 20s there and that's where we could do it having some people that staying into the, uh, what call the sport there but you look on the island itself we have a massive uh, click into junior football and that's uh, women's football as well as uh, girls football yeah. and in our own club we've got about 50 or 60 uh, girls that play football and they enjoy it and most of the kids really enjoy it respect the ref but I've seen it too when some of the referees and I'm not getting at them stop the game and pull the captain in and say to him look this nonsense has got to stop and uh, maybe we need a, a bit more of that and maybe a bit more of the sin bin. Where, where are the referees' courses held on the island? Uh, down locally. Uh, there's, there's a couple of local guys that do them, like, and they're, they're excellent. You're talking about guys who have got plenty of years under their belt. Um, I'm going to be a little cri- critical now. Probably can't run as much now. I can't run as much <laughs> as uh, I used to, but there's lots of history there. And the power, I would say, is in the yellow card and in the red. Okay. All right. We appreciate that. And I just, sorry, I just want the final thing was to say what's happened in Belfast there where uh, a person's been shot. And I think that's terrible. I don't want to get into politics in another country. Like, but my my thoughts with the family and the fellow that was shot. It's a it's a grim thing, and and uh, I just remember hearing that. Yes, do you remember there was a time when there was always the headline on the news that said last night a man was shot, and mm. we haven't had that for so long. And sadly, yeah. it's 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 come back. It's a it's a grim situation. Yeah, mate. All right, okay. thanks for calling. All right, good Bye. to hear from you. And Andrew's with us now. Hi, Andrew. Hello there. Um, the battery-powered bus. Yeah. Has anyone considered the weight of the vehicle? Well, presumably they've thought this through. Mm. I mean, they weigh a lot more, don't they? Yeah. Yes, I used to drive one. It would eat its tyres in 48 hours. You know... You're replacing the tyre every other day, all of them. Every other day? Yes. And what size bus was it? It was a single-decker. And most of its work was done at 20 mile an hour. And tyres just did not last. Crikey. Well, I hope hope they've factored all this in. So, uh, So 20 miles an hour, what sort of route was it? How long was the route? Uh, it was a 10-mile route, and it was operated every 45 minutes. How was the bus to drive, Andrew? Horrible. Okay. In what, in what way? It, it was very unstable. The weight of the batteries just swung you about. Uh, compared to a diesel or a um, hybrid, Yeah. The, the pure battery-powered bus was so heavy with its batteries, um, it would swing you around as you were cornering. Did you ever run out of juice? No. Okay. No, it, was, it was charged every night, and uh, the charge would last the eight-hour day that it was working. Okay. Whereabouts was this, Andrew? Sellafield. Oh, really? Mm. Yeah. Mm. Um the company tried it in Carlisle, and then they moved it to the agreement depot for trying on Sellafield. And it just did not 
Makes sense. Well, there'd be plenty of free electricity at Sellafield. Mm, not now there isn't, because oh. they don't generate. All right. Thanks <laughs> for that, Andrew. We appreciate it. Yeah, thanks OK. For, cheers. Thanks Bye. for calling today. The price of tyres these days. Uh, Kevin's on now. Hi, Kevin. Hi, Stu. I've only one comment to make about referees, <clears throat> and that is uh, I know they've got the yellow card, I know they've got the red card, but ultimately I would like to see even further than that if it can persists that they're getting a lot of aggro, get the captain or whoever and just tell him if this continues, I'll stop the game altogether, the points will be awarded to the other team job done. What do you do about spectators who give the referee jip, Kevin? Well, <laughs> I suppose there's not a lot you can do about that. Uh, it's like managers, isn't it? They send them off to sidelines, etc. Uh, in league football. But uh, I don't know what you could do about um, uh, spectators. So that would have to be looked at. But as far as the game's concerned and the players... It shouldn't be acceptable. Is it getting worse, Kevin? It it seems to be. Um, But I watch rugby a lot. And to be honest, the... Yeah, it's a rougher game, it's contact, etc. But then, guys, they respect the referee. And whatever the referee says, job done. And do you think this is... Is this down to television? Again, could be. And different clubs. I mean, years ago... You know, spectators were terrible at certain clubs. That's all got easier now because they're they're sat. But um, I think this is probably why they're not getting referees. Why should somebody volunteer, even for a game they love, to go and do that on a Saturday afternoon and get a load of jip, really? Yeah, yeah. Okay, all right. We appreciate that, Kevin. Thanks for calling. Okay. All right, good to hear from you. There's a message in from Matthew who said, Oslo in Norway is on course to electrify all public transport by the end of this year. By the end of this year, and some of Norway's, uh, some of uh, Oslo's quite hilly, and almost 80% of new vehicles in Norway uh, will be electric. 80%, 8 out of 10 new vehicles in Norway, electric. Well, Scandinavians are a very orderly nation, of course, but uh, Matthew says this dispels the myth of not being able to use electric vehicles in colder climates. Well, Norway's quite warm for half of the year, the southern part of Norway. Of course, once you get into the Nordcap, it gets a bit nippy. And and obviously, in the, Nord, in the north of Norway, it gets dark in October and light in May. And that's it. You have six months of complete darkness. Um, so, well, they seem to be... Of course, Norway does have cheaper electricity than many other countries because their power comes from hydro rather than fossil fuels. But people, countries like people take advantage of their advantages. But it will be interesting to see, particularly... I mean, if, they, if Norway, particularly north of... Halfway up is about Trondheim. North of Trondheim, if they can make electric vehicles work in the winter... And bearing in mind, in Norway, when it snows, it snows. You get uh, two metres of snow sometimes. So if they can get electric vehicles to cope with the snow and the darkness in Norway, they'll be doing well. And we wish them well. And Julian's on now. Hi, Julian. 
Hi Andy, a beautiful day. It feels a bit spring-like out there. It's just a day for solar panels. Well, yes, that is true. <laughs> <laughs> but not very good for wind turbines today. Uh, well, let's just hope that um, if they put the wind turbines anywhere near anybody's houses, if you take a look at the difficulty in selling a house and the amount that people have had to drop the price, more, dropping less than half the price if you live anywhere near one of those, um, better hope that it's not near anybody you know, too, too close or within, within visual range, hopefully. Um, just wondering why the price of electricity is still so high. Um, I'm just looking at the spot pricing and also the trend on the BBC's website at £1.23 per firm. That's the lowest price since August of 2021, which was six months before the Ukraine war, which was the excuse for putting the price up. I think it peaked at around £7 a firm. Um, but the trend has been coming down since December. So it's actually now the same price as it was six months before the war started. And it seems to be on the downward trend on the graphs, according to the BBC. Right. And uh, so, OK, so is this gas you're talking about? Yeah, gas per therm. But of okay. course, we've got... Um, and how much is it today, then? One twenty-three. Right. OK. Well, I mean, obviously, uh, Isle of Man Energy has been told to put the price down, haven't they? Uh, from March the 1st, a unit of gas yeah. goes to, what is it, 13.98p. It's going to yes, be... Yes, but... It was much lower than that beforehand. Uh, well, I'm presuming they want to make a profit. Maybe that's the maybe that's the uh, the difference. Yeah, but it's that's what is that? Is that double the price that it was before? Uh, yeah, I'm trying to think. It was 16.67p a unit, um, and I've it's going dropped, to. Th I've just um, I've just dropped you an email with the BBC link in if you want to have a look. And you can, if you go to the three-month tab, you can see the trend as it's dropping down and it gives you the live price every 15 minutes. Right, OK. And, um, uh, but, of course, this has implications for our power station as well. Well, yeah, that's what I'm wondering because it's not like the gas is liquid where it's in a tank. It's coming live down a bunch of pipelines from Norway. So, you know, it's constantly flowing. And then it, we intercept it on the the Northern Irish um, gas interconnector, and then it comes to here. So it's not like you have to wait like you do at the petrol station when they when they bring the boat over here. Yeah, of course, it all like depends it. on what price they agreed when the the price was fixed. That could be three months, six months ago, really. So they're they're paying mm. the price they agreed to rather than what the price is today. Am I right in thinking that in the budget, though, there was £26 million that hasn't actually been dipped into, which the MUA still have access to? There's, certainly, uh, a, there's certainly a pool. I don't know whether it's that much, but there's certainly a pool that they... Uh, that, but, I mean, when you talk about energy, you know, that £26 millions may sound a lot, but, you know, well, it's a lot to me anyway. Well, yeah. Um, another little story that you might be interested in, if, you, if you've got your screen handy... The title of the story is called Stuttgart Bus Depot Fire Likely Started by Charging Electric Bus. And the first paragraph of that report is an employee reported spotting flames atop a Mercedes e-Citaro that was hooked up to a charger. 25 other buses were destroyed and it took all day until 10 o'clock at night for the firefighters to get control of it. Is this the one in 2021? Yeah. It was crikey, that was big, wasn't it? Twenty-five buses it was. gone. 
and there's been another one. I think the same the same Mercedes Istaro in Rome uh, not that long ago. It comes up on a video um, on YouTube. So I think they've got another problem with it, and that was hooked up to a charger. I mean, the thing is, they've got four times the battery pack size of a car, so there's plenty of um, material to go up if it does go up. But um, it's interesting. There's a um, there's a there's a one deep review um, re- sort of a, a scientific report on thermal runaway in in um, lithium ion battery packs. But even they said there does there seems to be a dearth of actual research into why they go up. But it's partly to do with the um, the covering on the cathode, and they reckon it's it's nano layer thick so it's very very thin and if it if that goes then you know you get a sort of this it goes into the organic gel that forms part of the battery and then woof, off it goes i just so wonder it, whether alaman transport is also i just wonder whether they were they're considering um hydrogen cell hydrogen fuel cell buses because they've been around for a while i think they're trialing some hydrogen double deckers in london yeah, I mean the problem with hydrogen is it is such a it's the thinnest molecule, so you know leaks are a total nightmare, and you've got to pump three times as much um, to get the same energy by volume. So you've got more pumping, and you've also got to make it, and you've got to use electricity. So you, you can kind of think of hydrogen as charging a battery. It's not something that just appears out the ground like gas. You've got to make it which is why, you know, gas is up in the 90% in terms of its efficiency when you burn it, whereas hydrogen's down in the 18 to 20%. You've not seen our electric bus anywhere, have you, Julian? No. I'm, I'm, I would imagine a, a trip around the bus station probably spot it, unless it's hidden in a garage somewhere. But Yeah, um, I, ju- I, mean, I just I'm, wonder whether, I mean, maybe they could just show it off for an afternoon and let people go and see it. We don't have to jump on board and drive it, but I mean, it'd be nice to see it. No, that's true. I mean, it also begs the question, the range, I think, they say with, the, with you know, can be up to 200 kilometres, which is 125 miles. But you'd soon get through that if you were on a daily run. Makes me wonder how much it's going to cost. If there are a million pounds, say, say a half again the price or whatever it is, twice the price of a normal bus, are you going to have to buy more of them to fulfil the the rounds, if you see what yeah, I mean. Yeah. And also, I, I mean, the, the call earlier on just saying uh, saying that, of course, they're a lot heavier, so they can do tyres uh, damage a lot quicker as well. Yeah, it makes you wonder if they're going to be, you know, in for servicing, and you're going to have to maybe increase how many you've got if you want to. And, if you know, if you're going to increase the number of people that you think... Because, you know, at the moment, it's, it is a minority of people who use the bus the vast majority of people are in cars. Yeah. So if you start to get lots and lots of people on buses all the time, is it, are you going to have to use more of these buses as against diesel ones to, to maintain the, your higher frequency of moving around? Okay. And then, you know, if, if somebody, say, lives at the Kurugs, for example, you can't get a bus down there anyway. So how, how are they going to... You know, if, if we start moving away from all cars, how are they going to exist? I'm sure there's a master plan for this in the Department of Infrastructure, Julian. Well, we'll see. Yeah, oh. nice to see the plan. <laughs> Thanks, Julian. <laughs> Thanks, then. Cheers. Right, it's good to you. And uh, Tony's with us now. Hi, Tony. How are you doing, Andy? Oh, I'm... The, I'm, the, solution, I'm... the solution is there at the DOI. You'll get off and you'll walk to the Currugs. Oh, I see. Because that's called active travel, but oh. we don't measure it. Oh, I see. Right. Yeah, I mean, I, I'm sorry. I'm, I'm getting 
I find some of the government's decisions hard to believe. This government, since it came in, promised openness, um, it promised it was going to control things, it was going to get the DOI under control, and all we've done is throw money at more projects which will not benefit anybody on the Isle of Man, but will only benefit somebody who comes to the Isle of Man. Plus the fact we're not dealing with the underlying problems, roads, health system, and schools. I just find it unbelievable that we can ignore all that and just run around in circles and tell everybody we're going to have a great future. And you'll notice if you ever look at any of their stuff that the long-term plan, which was in, I think, the examiner in the middle, there is no mention of any of those roads, transport. They're all about mental health and well-being, which sounds great, but my well-being is being damaged by the fact I get my teeth rattled out every time I go for a drive. And if you went for a walk, you'd probably trip up and break a leg, but then you wouldn't be able to get any health service come to you. So I want to see the government bin all these wonderful ideas and come back with something that makes a bit of sense, which is an awful lot lower cost. Uh, I mean, the, the whole thing about increasing the, the population, and uh, we get into a chicken and egg situation, the government seems mm-hmm. to be obsessed, uh, can I say, well, motivated by economic growth. And, you know, financial growth is what they seem to base everything on. Do you think, I mean, in chicken and egg, which comes first, getting people here, economic growth, or making it a nice place and making sure everything works? Well, if you were a company you get your ducks in order and fix your budget and your long-term plan is something you give 10% of your budget to, not 90% of your budget to. What you need to do is make sure what you're doing is going to fix the situation to make it attractive. What we're doing is telling everybody it's going to be attractive once we get all this stuff in place but then we'll be broke. So nobody will want to come here anyway because there's no way you're going to attract people because the underlying services don't work. They won't work now, or they don't work now, and I don't see how they're going to work in the future, the way they're going. And if you look at the, I think it was the paper today, the Independent, there's a piece in there that says that the Office of, um, not Fair Trading, but the Office of um, that looked at the financials for the government that they're not going to make their 5,000 extra people. They'll be lucky if they get a couple of thousand. They, they estimated 300 a year. And by that time, it's not going to work. So I don't understand where they're coming from. And I think the solution is that what they're doing is diverting attention away from their incompetence. They're increasing the number of people that are paid high salaries. They're increasing the number of people that are there not doing anything making stupid decisions and coming up with stupid projects but they're not fixing the underlying problem and i think we need to get a large axe and chop some of the waste out of the government balance our books and start putting money back in and cut out all future employment 
with a gold-plated pension, including MHKs. OK, so in terms of infrastructure, or in terms of uh, you know, the fixtures on the Isle of Man, what would, you fi- what would you try and fix tomorrow? What should be priority number one tomorrow, do you think? The health service. And I would immediately reverse the stupid decisions that were made to stop consultants having private practice. They said they were going to do that sometime last year, but it hasn't happened. You need to get the consultants over here so you've got an, a, a, a practice that people will say, oh, I'm going to go to the Isle of Man for that procedure because they can do it straight away. There's a massive amount of money to be made in private health, and it's not just in the UK. It can be in the Isle of Man. But we're not em- em- embracing that. Well, we don't even have a private, pel- uh, private patient unit anymore. No, we had one. And they had an argument. They closed it because the idiots who were in charge decided they weren't going to have consultants making money. When they missed the point, the consultants were here because they could make money. So then the consultants all left because they'd had enough of the health service as it was, which was driven by politicians, and it's now driven by a bunch of quasi-politicians. So the, the first thing to do is take a massive step back Stop wasting money counting things in the health service so that government ministers can tell it, stand up and tell us, and, and also the people in Manx Care can stand up and give us percentage figures when it doesn't work. The vast majority of people are seeing a failure of the health service. Go and stand in A&E and see how long it takes to get, get yourself in there. That's not acceptable. Okay. All right, Tony. It's just not acceptable. Appreciate it. Thanks for calling today. You take care, Andy. All right, good to hear from you. It's uh, 21 minutes now before one. Kev says, Kev620, I think the government's going to have to raid the pension fund again. The price tag for a bus is a million pounds and a lifespan of about 12 years. It's £340,000 more than a diesel bus. Simple answer, well, we don't need stupid buses. (laughs) Says 614. Overhead cable cars. Milan in Italy has had overhead cable cars for 40 years. Works absolutely fine. Don't pay more than £2 per bus trip has been extended until the 31st of March. To help the island's community with the rising cost of living and to provide affordable transport to all, Bus Vanin has capped fares for a further period. Now, you won't pay more than £2 per journey until the end of March, except on night owl services. Go cards that provide unlimited bus travel will also be discounted throughout this period. For substantial travel discounts, see full details now at bus.im. There's Switch and Save, compromising by switching from the familiar to something cheaper. And there's ShopRite Switch and Save. There's no comparison because there's no compromise. Only ShopRite has hundreds of Sainsbury's alternatives to the usual brands. Quality you can be 100% sure of at up to 35% less. Save over a third at the checkout. With stores across the island, why shop anywhere else? ShopRite, proudly locally owned. Manx Utilities are currently replacing prepayment customers' key meters with new smart electricity meters in homes in Douglas. As a smarter pay-as-you-go customer, you can access our new Smarter Living app to keep an eye on your energy use in real time and to top up your credit quickly at a time that suits you. You can also top up at selected stores and via our website. 
To find out more about the changes, visit the Smarter Living page at manxutilities.im. As the one-year anniversary of Russia's full-scale invasion of Ukraine approaches, we've been hearing from people across the island who've been instrumental in getting help to those fighting and fleeing the war-torn country. We'll take a look at how the events have unfolded and those affected, all the way to those who've been forced to leave everything behind. Listen in to the Ukraine war one year on, tomorrow evening from 6. The Man in Line. Daily interaction, debate and exchange of ideas. Broadcast on Manx Radio. Look at that time, it's 18 minutes before one. John's on now. Hi, John. Hi, Andy. Just a quick one. That chap that was on before, I've heard him several times on the, the radio. And all he ever does is complain and whinge about the Isle of Man and the Manx government. Now, if I wasn't so uh, kind, I would tell him or point out to him the boat schedule, but that's not what I want to say. I would like to, next time he comes on, you ask him what keeps him here on the Isle of Man. If things are so bad, what's he still doing here living? Well, I think he's lived here for a long time. People have got a right to complain, though, haven't they, John? They've got every right to complain, but he gets to the point of being rude. Okay, all right. Um, So how do you think things are going on the island at the moment, John? Well, I've lived here for 75 years and I've got no complaints. I'd rather live here than live in the UK. All right, all right. We appreciate that, John. Thanks for calling today. All right, thanks for that. Uh, And uh, polite criticism is absolutely fine. We love that. Thank you, uh, John. And Betty's with us now. Hello, Betty. Hi. I've just got a question, really. The last but one guy who was on mentioned overhead railway cars. Well, I think Liverpool had some, and I think they've cancelled them. Uh, a while ago, but oh yeah, that be used wrong. to be called. It was the Dockers' umbrella. The overhead railways were by by the docks, weren't they? Yes, but they went to Southport, I think, and um, I, they were cancelled. I think they were cancelled, and I don't know why, and I don't know anything much about them. But I just thought I'd mention that. All right, okay, Betty. Thanks for calling today. Okay. All right, a note in from Fred, 807. Isle of Man Transport have four of the electric buses on order. Do you know that for a fact, Fred? I've not been told of the cost as yet. If they've got four buses on order, well, (laughs) work it out. How large are the fire blankets going to be for an electric bus, says Pete? Well, bigger than a car, certainly, and we've only got four um, electric uh, car fire blankets on the Isle of Man. Where are the extra 15,000 people going to work? Also, there won't be 15,000 economically active people. A lot could be children, unemployed, low income, or retired. We'll end up with a longer hospital and GP waiting times and more traffic. I don't think the government have ever said 15,000 workers. I think they just want 15,000 extra people here um, in the, uh, the, the thought that economic growth and uh, uh, you know, economies of scale, really, for having that many people on the Isle of Man. Um, I'd love to know what your thoughts are regarding this. Oh, we got a note in. Uh, did you see the did not attend rates 
for December and January have been uh, uh, released uh, by Manxcare for the various GP practices. Missed appointment slots, they're called DNAs, did not attends, and they continue to affect GP surgeries across the Isle of Man. The rates for the de- December and January were as follows, and maybe this is your uh, partic- listen out for your particular GP. Uh, so Kensington Group Practice, December 85, January 112. These are do not attends, missed appointments. Uh, Palatine, 94 December, 97 January. Snaefell, 66 in December, 65 in January. Halewood, 109 in December, 119 in January. Uh, promenade uh, figures aren't available. Finch Hills, 119 in December, 131 in January. Ramsey, 397 in December, 272 in January. Laxey stroke Onken, 82 in December, 89 in January. Castletown, 45 in December, 52 in January. Southern Group Practice, 75 December, 80 in January. Balasella, 34 in December, 42 in January. Peel, 112 in December, 92 in January. That's a grand total of did not attend in December of 1,218 and in January 1,151. Did not attend with the, all the uh, subsequent obviously at cost really of having uh, uh, an appointment that's uh, not attended uh, but those are the stories um, there have been calls in the past for people to be charged for did not attend or did not uh, show up I just wonder what your thoughts are but it's interesting to get the overall numbers uh, for December the overall number again was uh, 1,218 in January 1,151 uh, just a point about the electric bus says Richard in Ankh- 806. We're told that the electric vehicles are roughly 25 to 30 percent heavier than petrol vehicles. Has anybody thought about that? I wonder. What will a bus with passengers? It weighs an additional 30%, continually trundling around due to due to the road surfaces. All these additional weights on the roads are surely going to create more potholes and therefore more roadworks. Seems to me, from what I hear and read, there are far more disadvantages with electric vehicles than there are advantages. Uh, that is uh, Richard Ed Onken. Alan's with us now. Hi, Alan. Hi, Andy. Um, I'm just phoning about you, the 15,000 people. Yes. When you had Alf Cannon on, I actually phoned in and asked him what what they were because I said it'd either be a third that were workers because they'll have wives or girlfriends, husbands, children, all the rest of it. And he confirmed that. He said there'd be 5,000 workers. So 5,000 on... What, what are your thoughts on this? Well, I said to him at the time when he was on that if you're only getting 5,000 workers and he confirmed that the rest of them would be um, partners or children and or children, I said to him, well, wouldn't that negate the 5,000? Because, you know, you've got schools, you've got hospitals, like everyone said. Hmm. Everyone's saying the same thing. I mean, do you think it's practical to get 15,000 extra people here? (laughs) I've no idea. I mean, they sit down, don't they, in a room and talk about all these things. I'm sure they've thrashed it out, but, you know, is this this someone's uh, pet? 
project. Well, I mean, and, it's it's KPMG. I mean, it's you know, it's a a, a bunch of uh, accountants, really. I mean, highly qualified accountants and futurologists. But that's what they say that to to make the island self sufficient, to grow it, to get economic growth, we need another fifteen thousand <clears throat> people here. Well, lots of people are saying the same things. I mean, June's been on, Julian, Tony, everyone's saying the same thing, that, you know, the schools aren't up to scratch. Um, Castle Russian desperately needs something doing with it. The swimming pool, you know, isn't working properly. Why not still? Well, I just wonder, I mean, if somebody came from the UK or, you know, anywhere in Wales, Scotland and Northern Ireland came to the Isle of Man, would they be impressed, do you think? Um, I think, well, if they hadn't looked into it, I think they'd be vastly impressed because it's a beautiful island. Okay, so that's the first impression. It's green and beautiful. And then when you get to the next stage... It just depends what they're coming for, I suppose. If you know, if they're coming for jobs in IT and all that sort of thing, um, they, they probably would be impressed for that side of it. Until you know they were getting the kids in school, unless they were going to KWC or the Buchan. Mm. Okay, all right. Well, we appreciate. It. Thanks for calling today. Okay. Good to hear from you. It's ten to one now. At Isle of Man Energy, we want to support our customers as much as we can during the cost of living crisis. If you're a vulnerable customer, we can add you to our priority care scheme and assist you with safety checks, prioritising call-outs and energy-saving advice. We can also offer support, such as payment plans, to help spread the cost of your winter bills. For more information or to register for priority care, Call our team on 644 Isle of Man Energy. Energy for every generation. Spectrum Windows. If your house needs a new look and your windows laid in rain, keep those cold breezes out and make it look like new again. Spectrum Windows. Spectrum Windows. Quality through and through. Great work guaranteed to you. Spectrum Windows. You're in the car and you've been circling the car park for what feels like forever. No spaces in sight and the queues are backing up behind you. Then, out of the corner of your eye, you spot someone with shopping walking towards you. They gesture that their car is right next to you and the only space is now yours. Woohoo! This is how it feels when you save over £500 versus MT with our broadband home phone and mobile bundle. Start saving at Shaw.com. T's and C's apply. Madva Easter Festival of Plays, including one act and full length. Commencing Easter Saturday, the 8th of April, running until 14th of April. Early bird season tickets available now for just £56, saving you £21, available until the 27th of February. For more details, visit madva.im, or for tickets, call 600 or visit villagaity.com. Supported by Manx Radio. At six o'clock this evening, you can join me, Fiona McArdle, for Chaclet. You know, it is fun driving around the island in our little electric van. <laughs> there's a tiny frog skeleton, and there's a skeleton of a hare, and some really cool seashells. Hello, hello, hello there, I'm the man that's there in Flanagan. <laughs> this evening at six, Chaclet with me, Fiona McArdle. 
The Man in Line with Andy Wint. Fast by good afternoon. Thursday, which means uh, 9 o'clock tonight. Specialist Music Hour, Monday to uh, Saturday from 9 till 10. And Thursday is like classical, so it's a little light music with Morris Powell tonight, 9 o'clock. And Stephen's with us now. Hello, Stephen. Well, good afternoon, Andy, and good afternoon, listeners. It's a lovely day, so that's that's a joy to be to be to be alive on the island. It's a nice sunny day. But can I just make a couple of uh, points? The first one is, I think we keep on getting told periodically. I think last month there was they given an update of the number of people who failed to attend their appointments. But if you ever been in the surgery waiting to see your GP you do not hear the sound of the phone ringing uh, which would annoy everybody of course uh, and there's not that many receptionists on so if these types of numbers are creating problem I would suggest it's not actually the people who are ringing up to try and get through it's of it to me it must be a a, a procedure or a way that's wrong with the system and uh, possibly they need to upgrade that into a into a uh, into a system that will work better for both the surgery and the patient possibly uh, ring option 2 or press button B or or press 2 on the keypad to cancel your appointment there must be a problem with the system because of the huge numbers. I do not believe and accept that there is that number of people who just blithely or blasely say, I can't be bothered to ring up. I think there's a lot more to it, and it should be drilled into to find out what the problems are. Well, anecdotally, yeah, one, I mean, Andy. anecdotally, we've had people say on air that they've had appointments and have tried to cancel them the day before and gave up after an hour just trying to wait. Absolutely. So <clears throat> I do feel that there's, there's a there's a problem with the system, and instead of just blaming the the the, the non attendees as oh we've got uh, two thousand non attendees this month, there's a, there's a there's a problem with the system. Let's hope that the Department of Health can get it right and uh, find that because obviously if it's happening to to a lot of surgeries around the island, it must be common to everybody that there's a problem. And also be interested to know what the percentage is out of the number of people attending is the problem. But there is definitely a problem in the system of uh, of being able to cancel. That's my view anyway. OK. All right. Uh, Stephen, that's good. Thanks for calling with us And the today. second one, Andy, if, okay. I, if you can indulge me. Briefly, if you could. It's uh, just a touch again on the Westmoreland development site. Now, if we look at the eastern area plan... Uh, that was only signed off a, a couple of a short time ago. The Westmoreland Road site, I think it's DG DH zero zero G. That's not. I think that's the number of it. They they originally planned for thirty seven. I think odd houses on that entire site, and now of course a short time later, they're talking about a ho another 100 houses. Now, if that was the case for any other part of the eastern area, then this would be the result of a full public inquiry. And for them to call it a village where it's got the connotation that it's a standalone development is completely false. Okay. This development is not standalone. It stands within one of the most 
urbanly densest areas of Douglas and it should be given a great deal more consideration than okay. it is currently being done. Okay, all right, Stephen. Thank- well, I'm, we're continually trying to get Manx Development Corporation uh, to come into Man in Line just to have a chat about it. But thanks for that, Stephen. Thanks for calling today. And that's it for Man in Line. Thanks to Chris Clerk on the phones today. Stick around. Christie's on after the news at one o'clock and I'll be back tomorrow with another open line at midday. W-I-N-T